Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, guys, we're going to open the Word of God together this morning. Let's make sure I didn't forget something. Uh, but we're going to look together over in the book of Romans. And, and I want to speak to you this morning uh, about patient faith. You know, uh, we all need to be able to trust in the Lord at every step of life. And, but we also need to be able to have faith like Abraham. Abraham was an interesting individual. And he's known as the father of faith. And uh, so he became a friend of God because he trusted God. But not only at the beginning of his life. I think sometimes we think about starting well, but we want to start well, but we also want to finish well. But uh, he started that way in the beginning of his life, but throughout his life, he persistently and he continuously trusted in the Lord. So he was continuing to put his faith in the Lord. And so Paul uh, wrote to some Roman Christians, and in the book of Romans, he kind of paid tribute to the faith of Abraham, and he called his attention uh, uh, or their attention to uh, this guy's patient persistence in, in his trust with God. Even when all the evidence seemed to show that uh, his idea of trusting God was unjustified. Uh, if you think back in the story there of what took place, this guy was a spiritual giant though. Was he perfect? No, if you read the stories in the scripture, you find that he wasn't a perfect man. He's like you and I uh, as well. And uh, the scripture tells us, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened uh, in his faith. And uh, at times, sure, do we waver a little bit? Sure, but we need to be able to get back up and trust in the Lord and allow the Lord to continue to guide us. By faith, Abraham entered into a living relationship with God, and by faith he walked with God. He walked with Him, and he talked with Him. He had that interaction, that relationship with Him, and we as well need to have that interaction relationship with Him too. And he believed even when he could not see, and others did not understand. I hope that God gives each of us not only beginner's faith, because we need that, right? We need that beginner's faith in our lives as followers of Jesus, but we also need that patient faith that helps us as we walk along in this life day by day. So the Bible says of uh, Abraham and others who serve God by faith over in Hebrews 11, it tells us that all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Really, in other words, they they held on to the promises of God, and when when they came to the end, they realized that it was not the end for them. I like that. I like that truth, and that's what the Scripture teaches us. There were more promises awaiting for them. So let's look together, Romans chapter 4. Uh, Verse 16 should be on the screen for you. And this is what he writes, the the Apostle Paul. He says, therefore, the the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, not the legal ones, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. And that includes us, right? 
It includes us. If we put faith in Christ, if we put faith in God, then that includes us. And then he goes on to say, He is the Father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not, things that didn't exist yet. Then he says in verse 18, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said of him. I love that, against against all hope. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He wasn't going to hold back. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. He's like, God, you know, you have the ability to do this, and I'm going to trust you to do this. And for us today in our lives, we need to be able to trust God to do some big things in our lives. We need to look to him and trust him, and trust that he'll do what he promised. And he says in verse 22, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness, the, wor- the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We should thank him for that, amen? Amen. We should thank him for what he has done for us. You know, we celebrate the Christmas time, and now we're past that, but we, but we realize that we remember what Jesus has done for us on a daily basis. That's the way we need to live, right? Let's look at, we're going to look at a few things about Abraham, and Abraham's faith gave him a, a vision of God. It gave him an understanding of who God was. It gave him this, uh, this, this picture of who God is. And even in, over in Hebrews chapter 11, which kind of is going to co- correspond with what we're uh, reading here today, but by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Abraham saw God in some sense. He saw him even though he was invisible to man's eye unless God revealed himself in that way, as he did in Christ. And we understand that uh, God is important. He is, since he's significant to us. And to Abraham, God was tangible. He's, he realized that God was available to interact in his life. And with the eye of faith, he saw God, and with the ear of his faith, he heard the voice of God as well. And this morning, I felt like that the presence of God was here as we were worshiping him and lifting up his name. I just sensed his presence here in this place this morning. I don't know if you did, but I sensed that presence as God is here with us this morning. And we know that we can listen to him and follow him. Abraham did something. He obeyed God. And he started walking. He obeyed God and he started, started walking. He didn't say, well, you know what? I believe God and I'm going to sit down and do nothing. That's not the way he did it, is it? 
But he obeyed God and he started walking. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would, rather, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Have you ever been in those places before where you weren't quite sure where you were going, but the Lord said, go anyway? And sometimes that's what he asks us to do as his people. It may be that he asks you to be able to uh, go share with somebody else that you know, and maybe you think to yourself, there is no way this, one, this person wants to hear me talk to them. But if God is prompting you, then what do you have to do? You, not, you don't have to just simply believe it, sit down and say, that's a great idea, God. You have to be able to get up, obey him, and then start walking. And that's the way it is for us as followers of Jesus in our relationship with God. Because Abraham's faith made God tangible, he obeyed the call of God to leave his home and his country. And this really wasn't much different from the fact that uh, Mary and Joseph accepted what the angel of the Lord had told them and, and, and that Jesus was going to be born. And so Joseph obeyed the Lord and took Mary as his wife and named the baby Jesus as commanded by the Lord's angel. So by faith, Abraham lived in the promised land like a tourist. Isn't that kind of what he was like? He was, he was walking through the land. He was a sojourner, it says in some of the other translations. But here he is kind of like a tourist. You know what it's like to be a tourist, right? If you ever go to a big city or, or, or another city or a historic place, you're there and everybody knows what the tourist looks like, right? It used to be the fanny pack thing and all those kind of things. But everybody knows what a tourist looks like. You can spot them in a crowd usually in those touristy places. And say maybe you go to Paris or something like that, and they're, they're seeing you there as a tourist. But you're there looking, you're there trying to take things in and to understand the things around you. Hebrews 11:9 said, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. They also had that same promise, and we have a wonderful promise in Christ as well. We have that too. And we need to look to him. So throughout his entire lifetime, Abraham was a tourist in this land of promise. God said, this is going to be your place. You're going to have a lot of kids. You're going to have a lot of family. You're going to have a, a whole bunch of descendants. It's going to be some great nations, you know, ethnic groups. And, and he says, all that's going to happen. But right now, you're just a tourist. He was unable to possess it, though he believed with all of his heart that God had given it to his descendants. Uh, think back again to Mary and Joseph again. You, you see, they, they stepped out in faith uh, to care for baby Jesus in the hope that, that he would save people's lives, and he has. And we're part of that. We're part of that. And, and we have a reason to give him thanks, but... Now, Mary did get to see the reality of Jesus saving ministry. She saw it on the cross. She saw it as, at his resurrection. She saw it afterwards of the days that he was there, what, 40 days or so that he was there uh, with the disciples and such. Uh, and, but what about Joseph? You know, he didn't, it doesn't seem like, from what we know in Scripture, it doesn't seem like that he had the opportunity to be there for the whole time. 
And it doesn't appear that he was in his life later on. And so uh, he didn't get to see the promise on earth, maybe like Mary got to see. Uh, but that doesn't mean he never saw. He still saw by faith, just like Abraham would have seen the promise that God had for him. He didn't get to see it in the physical sense, but he knew by faith that God was going to do something. And for us as followers of Jesus, we need to always keep our hearts and our minds open and a vision for the Lord and knowing what he's going to do in our lives. We may not see everything in the physical and there may be things that we, we know that God speaks into our lives and, and he says, hey, this is going to happen. And it may not happen in the time frame we expect, but we can be sure that he will do his work in our lives if we are trusting him and continue to remain faithful. I believe that's the case. By faith, he looked for a city with foundations whose builder is God. In fact, he says there in, in Hebrews 11.10, he said he was looking forward uh, to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I like that because oh, that really shows us something more than just a builder. A builder builds the thing, right? The builder puts it together. Uh, but the architect is the one who designs it. And God is the architect and the builder. And yes, he works through our lives to be take part with him. But he is the one that designs things. He designs your life. He designed this body's life. He knows things before we ever know anything about it. He has things set up, and he can build that. God is the true builder. We just follow him by faith, right? Abraham was more concerned about his relationship with God than he was about the cities of the country that he lived in. He, he was just a tourist there. He, he was more concerned about making heaven his home than he was concerned about the beauty that surrounded him now. And, and some people get so wrapped up in the now that they ignore the reality of heaven, and it's easy for any of us to do it, right? Right? I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, uh, I'm just as bad as everybody else. Sometimes we look at the now so much and we see the situations of life in the world that we're in and that we can lose the reality of heaven. But friends, we have to make sure we keep in mind and we have that vision for heaven because that matters. Because that is eternal. What we have here, this is not eternal. And some days the scripture teaches the, uh, this thing will pass away. Yeah, this, those people that say, uh, those uh, tree huggers that would say that everything's going to burn up, well, yeah, they're right in some sense because the Scripture teaches that. Go look in the Scripture for yourself because there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. Go read in the book of Revelation. You'll find that for yourself. I'm not too worried because God has it all in His hand. He has it all in His hand. doesn't mean we don't take care of the things we have, Right? It uh, doesn't mean we don't take care of the world that we're in. I understand that, but we have to realize that God has something bigger for us than simply now. But if I don't have faith in Christ, then now is the only thing I have, right? But when you have faith in Christ, your hope is for eternity. Your hope is for Him. So God took the initiative and He revealed Himself to Abraham. God did the same for Mary and Joseph when he told them that they were going to have a miraculous birth, as the, the God with us was going to be there, Jesus, Emmanuel, and, and uh, God the Father took the initiative to, take, to make that announcement and to reveal himself to them. So God does this today through the gospel as it's proclaimed. 
both uh, through the church body and through individuals of the church as we share the gospel around our communities in our world, just like we have this opportunity to pass out food to try to help here in the, here in the near future. And uh, it gives us an opportunity to share the love of God in a different way. Sure, sure, yeah, there's some provision there for that to come in to help from the government. I understand all that, but I also understand that we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we have to stay, step outside of our comfort zone at times. By faith, Abraham responded with obedience and worship. So as Abraham traveled, we read in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, these words, it says, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your, uh, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And that altar, it's a place of prayer. It's a place of praise, to praise God. It's there, a place of communion, that interaction with, with you and God. And it was a, it was a place of also sacrifice. It was through worship that Abraham nourished his faith in the Lord. Because he exercised faith, he kept walking. And God was able to do some mighty things through that man's life and through his descendants. And uh, years ago when Napoleon was uh, preparing to attack a city in Austria, the soldiers had been spotted on the heights above the little town, and they're, all the townspeople are trying to figure out, hey, what do we do in this situation? Uh, and they were just unsure because they knew that they were going to be attacked. So the council came together, and they said, hey, what should we do? And so uh, they decided what they're going to do is they're going to go to church. <laughs> that's what they're going to do. They're going to go to church the next morning. And uh, so that's what they did. They, they came into church, and uh, so... Uh, the pastor got up and, and, he, and he said this. He said, friends, uh, we've, we have been uh, counting on our own strength, and apparently that has failed. As this is a day of our Lord's resurrection, let us ring the bells, have our services as usual, and leave the matter into God's hands. I think we may understand that at times like this, right? We know only our weaknesses and not God, the power of God to de defend us. So they decided that they were going to ring the church bells, and once they lit off those church bells to start ringing them, uh, the enemy heard the bells, and they thought that they had brought in more military to, uh, to, uh, to take care of the city, and so they took off and they retreated. And so they were ready to worship. They realized at some point, I'm afraid that sometimes you know the old saying, sometimes uh, all we can do is pray about it. Well, friends... I think that's a, that's a mistaken way of saying it. Maybe we all say it because it's a saying. The fact is, is the most that we can do is pray about it. In other words, we need to seek the one who offers himself for us so that we can have life. We need to put ourselves and our lives in the hands of God. It's not always easy to do that. If you even watch the life of Abraham, he tripped up along the way, didn't he? Even though the scripture says he didn't falter, he still had some tripping up on the way. And for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be aware that God has a plan for our lives. And no matter what happens, that we need to trust him and walk after him faithfully. Abraham's faith included eternity. And since eternity exists, it's important for us. And that's why we're here today, because we realize that eternity exists. And for some, you may be considering the facts uh, and, and aren't at that place yet. I don't know where you're at in your faith. 
But Abraham looked for a city, not, not the city of the Canaanites, that's where they was out. They were out, right, in, in Canaan land, but that's, that's not the way it was. But he wasn't looking for that city. He traveled like a tourist and this promised land with his eyes on God, knowing God was going to do something. He couldn't see it all, but he saw it by faith. Albert Brumley wrote it this way in an old song, and many of you will know the song. And he said, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through uh, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel, uh, feel at home in this world anymore. We know that old song. It's an old song. I remember singing that, and we realized that, that uh, this world, it's not all about this world. There's more to it. It's, it's about, yes, we need to take care of what God has given us for the here and now, and we're responsible for our part in this world here and now, Right? And we, we, each and every one of us are responsible to be a witness of Jesus Christ in this world that we live in. So yeah, this part is important, and how we live and how we act here does really matter. But it's not limited to that. God has a bigger plan than that, and He has eternity for all of us as we look to Him by faith. You know, really, even students uh, see the same thing. When they say students are going into college, some of you know that, and you go into college, and what do you do? You, you, you and your parents, you work to get the funds together to be able to go to school and get an education, and then not just putting the funds together, then you have to do the work to finish school because it's a lot of work. And you do it not just to do it to say to hang up a little degree on the wall and say, oh, I've got an ed this kind of education, or I got this certificate. No, you don't do it for that purpose. You do that with purpose, with a hope, with a hope that you're going to uh, obtain a position and make an impact in the world that you are living in. You do it with a hope, and that's the way it should be with us. We, we do these things for hope for the future that God will work through our lives. Do you live by faith in the Savior who was born on this earth, who lived a sinless life and who died for our sins, and who rose from the grave to take his place beside God the Father? Do you live for the city of God, or are you more focused about the here and now and those things? It's important for us in these times that we're living in to be able to focus on the right things. It's challenging. I think the time that we're in actually forces us to step back a little bit and decide, okay, what is important? I think it's doing that for us as a church body. I think it's doing that for us as individuals. In, in interacting with different people all throughout this time that we're in, we recognize that there's some things that we can decide to set aside because they don't matter so much. But the fact is, is, there are other things that really do matter, and we need to be able to focus in the right place. So we've all been under the pressure of the present. And, and it's easy for us to follow the example of uh, Abraham's nephew, Lot. Like, what did Lot do? He got his eyes on the nice land, right? That's what he did. He got his eyes. He's like, oh, hey, that is the good stuff. Kind of, remind, kind of reminds me, I'm telling a story on myself now. Uh, but uh, I remember when I was uh, young, and, and uh, my, we had cattle, and, and I was, I'd learned how to judge cattle in, in high school, and, and my dad's like, okay, you could, I had a couple cows or something, he said, okay, you can choose another cow. 
And so when you learn how to judge them, you know how to, what their structure is like and all that stuff. You probably don't care about that. But, but anyhow, so uh, he's, uh, he, he's saying, okay, you can choose one. So he brings out these young heifers and in this pen, and, and he says, you know, you can choose one. And so I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm judging them. I like pick the best one. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I picked one of the best ones out, out of that group. And so I, it's kind of like Lot at that time, right? Trying to get the best one, I guess. I don't know. But we don't need to be that way. We don't need to be that way in our lives. What we need to be able to do is trust in our Lord. Is trust in Him. Because He's the one that takes care of our lives. Amen? A vision of eternity encourages us to invest in the future. You know, it's the, that the difference, uh, 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 I've said before, between the ant and the grasshopper. You know, there's a difference between those guys, right? The grasshopper, uh, grasshopper comes along and tries to eat its fill as much as he can, as fast as he can. That's just how they handle things. They are in it for the now. And then you have the ant. What do they do? The ant, they, they, they go, they're about teamwork, right? They're about working together, taking time together, and then uh, eating what they need as a colony and, and to take care of one another. We don't want to live like the grasshopper. And those, uh, those of us who choose to live by faith must be willing to invest our time, our talents, our treasure, and, and our witness in the things that uh, would have eternal significance. Those things are what matter. Those things are really what matter. Faith helps us to bring the future into pres the present. Faith tells us that our future is wrapped up uh, in the now, but really it's in the future as well. God is working both here and he's working later. He's working in our lives now and in the future Abraham's faith, the third thing here is Abraham's faith in God promised, uh, raised him to greatness. I think sometimes what our problem is when we think of the word greatness is maybe we misunderstand what that is. Because what we view as greatness, especially in America and our culture, greatness means you're the top dog. Greatness means you've got the most money. Greatness means you've got this or you've got that and all those things. But we have to be able to step back as followers of Jesus and understand that greatness to God isn't always the same as greatness to mankind. And we have to recognize that he may call us to greatness, but his greatness for us may not be the same as what we're dreaming about. The time that we live in now is a day that really celebrates uh, instant service, right? We live in a world of instant service, and now, now with the COVID thing, now it's, you, if you want something, you just go through the drive-through, right? Uh, they've already got the burger made. <laughs> they've already got the uh, I don't know kung pao chicken made. I don't know what it is they have, but uh, but whatever it is, they they have that stuff is ready there for us, and we expect that kind of thing. That's what that's the way we live in America. It's we're in such a hurry in the times that we live in, and this day we're looking for a quick way to get our job done, and we want instant gratification, and many are looking for instant success as well. It's interesting, those that usually talk about instant success usually crash and burn time after time trying to get that instant success. And we have to ask ourselves, are we guilty of that? Are we guilty of doing that in our lives? We need to be reminded there, there's no giant fir trees that are instant, instantaneously grown. 
I haven't seen one. Have you ever seen a big, big old fir tree that's been instantaneously grown? I don't think so. It has a life cycle, right? Uh, it's going to have to live through floods. It's going to have to live through drought. It's going to have to grow through all those times. And it's interesting when you cut down a big old tree, right? And you look at those rings and you can tell and you can see the years and you can see the years that were lean and it was wet uh, and it was dry and how those rings are thinner. And you can see the, the fat years where, where the, the years were, were full of water and it was healthy and that tree just expanded and grew fast. And, and But for us as followers of Jesus, we're going to be the same way, right? If you, if you chop us down, so to speak, you, you should see that there were lean times in our lives and there were fat times in our lives, yet we kept growing as we trusted in Christ. We need to be like the tree. Doesn't mean that we're perfect, but we're growing and we can live through all those times and see in the end that God has a plan for our lives. God is good, amen? God accept, Abraham accepted the fact that God exists. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. So if you believe in His existence, and part of the battle is already won, but not all of the battle is won, right? And many people believe God exists, but it doesn't change how they live, and so they've only got one part of it. They've only got one portion of that. And here's the other side of that. Abraham also believed that God cared. And if you look at the rest of that, Hebrews eleven six, 6, you'll, you'll see it there. It says without, and, and, uh, and that he, God, rewards those who earnestly seek him. If we believe he exists, there's hope. But then we recognize that he rewards those who earnestly seek after him. It changes the whole game of life for us. And this shows us that, that how we live will affect who we are. It can affect our lives, and it can be a great blessing to others around us. Let's, let's follow Abraham's example. Let's follow his example by living out our faith. Are we perfect? No, we are not perfect. Do we stumble at times? Yes, we stumble at times because we're not, and we're, we're trying to, we're striving to follow the Lord faithfully. Abraham kept trust, kept on trusting God because he knew that God was dependable, and that was it. He knew he was dependable, and it really took that patient faith. Just like that fir tree, it takes that patient faith for each and every one of us. Abraham, he kept on depending on God. As we wrap this up this morning, remember that Abraham lived out his faith trusting in the promises of God. And God did what he said he would do with Abraham's descendants, and he made them a great nation. Yeah, they went through some stuff, didn't they? They messed up quite a bit. I was reading in my devotion this morning out of Jeremiah and how they went to Babylon. Jeremiah, the Lord directed him to write a letter to him, And he said, hey, guys, you know, some of the prophets were saying, hey, it's going to be good. It's going to be fine. You're only going to stick around there two years and you'll be out of there. It's fine. You'll all come back. Won't be an issue. And Jeremiah said, oh, wow, that's great. Amen to that. And then he says to him, buddy, if, uh, if, uh, here's the way we know this, if, if you're a real tr uh, right prophet or not, if you're telling the truth, because 
if you're telling the truth, it's going to happen just like you said. If it doesn't happen, well, yeah. And he told him, look, it's going to be 70 years, at least 70 years, and you'll be there. These promises kept and they challenged Abraham. And he discovered his own experience that God was trustworthy. And I want to challenge you this morning to continue to trust him. You not only begin with faith. It's important to begin. If we don't begin, we're missing something. We need to begin in our faith. We need to start in our faith. But then there's another side of that as well. We need to continue on in that faith. Not because we're perfect, but we know that He is perfect, and He is strong, and He is dependable. Aren't you glad He's dependable? I'm glad He is too. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you and want to challenge you to continue on and to live a life of obedience and following Him, knowing that He will walk you through in the days ahead. He will do it. Just keep trusting Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, because this day is a good day because You've designed it. You're the architect, Lord. You're the architect of our lives. And Father God, sometimes there's times that we look at our lives and say, God, how can You design something in this way? But we know that what You design is perfect in Your sight. And Lord, we understand that there's times that we need to have a picture from you. We need to see really what you are doing and what you're saying to us because Father God, you've designed us all. We may not seem perfect to other mankind, but Father, we know that you don't make junk. And Father God, I pray this morning, Father God, that you would help each person in this place and each person that is taking part online with us. Father God, that they may sense your presence in their lives and they may recognize that, Father God, you have a plan for them specifically and you love them specifically. And that, Father God, we realize that you don't make junk. You care for us. You've designed us. And we can continue to follow you faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing this last song together. If you'd like prayer, Pastor Jody and I will be down here. We'll be glad to pray with you. We just ask you to have your masks on. God bless you.